Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellwamby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me today for... Our lesson, our Bible study lesson, Freedom in Life. Um, Goodness, we all need more freedom in our life. And so this study that is being recorded in Uvalde, Texas, um, with the gathering, Bringing God into Everyday Life, we're going to talk today about what brings us freedom. And what is freedom? And what does it look like when we... When we want to walk in more freedom and how do we do that? So, what brings freedom? Well, I think let's, let's talk about that. Freedom is cutting the cord from things that bind us. It's cutting the cord from things that bind us. It's like, bam, cut. And untethering ourselves so we can fly. I think one of the most important things today that we need to learn is that it is God's heart that we walk in freedom. And it's God's heart that we wake up excited about each day, anticipating what he has in store for us, knowing that he'll be with us no matter what comes our way. So my question to you is, is that how you wake up? Do you wake up looking and exciting and anticipating what he has in store for you? Um, because each day is a new day. And it tells us in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. It's in God's heart for you and me to walk in freedom each day. And when something comes up against us and we realize, hey man, that I'm not really walking in freedom in that area or the enemy tries to come back and take that territory in our lives we don't have to beat ourselves up we just have to say just like it says right here in Galatians 5 1 stand firm and then do not let ourselves become burdened again and to cut the cord with whatever's trying to hold us back and enjoy light life you know in John eight thirty two, it tells us you will know the truth and the truth will set us free. You know, so asking God to reveal truth to us in situations and knowing, okay, number one, it's in his heart that we walk free, that we walk as as just kids holding our Father's hand, Father God's hand through our life. And sometimes I think we need to ask the Lord, what is truth in this situation? What's what's really going on, Lord? Help me to see things from your perspective. Now, it doesn't mean that every day is going to be, you know, a skip in the forest. There can be adversity in our life. There can be um, strife. There can be 
things that happen. I know, my goodness, as I was just thinking about different years of my life, you know, in 2020, it started off, you know, in January with my father-in-law being hospitalized and I oversaw his care. So that created some extra things to do. And then um, our home, we had a, a water line break and we had water damage in our house and our kitchen was torn up and our living room was torn up. And I was trying to get my book out and I had the editor. I was starting up the gathering, this Bible study. And I was dealing with a torn hamstring <laughs> during all of this. And so I was having to go to physical therapy. So like that was 2020. And, you know, there just were just so many things going on. And so there's just things happen in life. And I think that's number one is we got to realize there's going to be things that come against us are going to be things that are hard to deal with but it's in God's heart that even in those situations we walk in freedom and I love what Graham Cook says uh, he says there's no more good days and bad days just days of grace some days the grace of God allows you to enjoy life and other days it helps us endure life and I'm so grateful for God's grace it says it tells us in the Bible, he says, my grace is sufficient. It's enough for this day. You know, some days we need the grace of God to just enjoy the day. And it's his grace. Anything we have is a gift from him. And other days we need his grace to help us push through and get through. So my question is, what's holding you back? What's holding me back? Because I'm a work in progress. And what keeps us from being free in our lives. And as I reflected on my own life and thought, okay, what steals or robs me of being free? What are the things that do that? And I came up with six things. So for those of you here in the Bible study that are taking notes, um, this is number two. And what are some things that I can do to cultivate that life of freedom? Well, I think um, number two in your notes, understanding God's love for us and relationship with him helps keep my heart free. And what I mean in that is that everything about everything is about relationship with God. It doesn't matter what you're doing in your day. He's right there with you. And when we can rest in that place of I'm a much loved child, he loves me, he's with me, he's for me. And when I can step back and say, okay, I know I'm loved. I don't care what's swirling around me. It may not feel like I'm loved, but the truth is God loves me. And it says, it tells us in the Bible, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And when we know that we're loved, then freedom comes into our lives. And Romans 8, 39 says, there's no power above or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which was lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Wow. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. But I think for me, some days I need to remind myself I'm a much-loved child. And that helps me walk in freedom. You know, what can happen in life and our misconception 
is that many times we can look at bad things that happen or adversity that happens. Um, you know, the other day a deer hit my car. So it's, it has created, I've had to, you know, get a rental car. I couldn't, you know, get in and out of my car. So I had to get a rental car. I got to get estimates. I got to get all these things done. And so, you know, and that's no big deal. Thankfully I wasn't hurt. The deer was hurt, but thankfully I wasn't hurt. But when bad things happen, many times we think, where is God? Why did he allow this to happen in my life? Doesn't he love me? We tend to want answers because somehow we think that those answers will take our pain or adversity away. And yet they're just some things we're not going to understand. You know, the tragedy that happened here in Uvalde uh, to this community um, on May 24th last year when a shooter killed 21 children and teachers. They're just some things we're not going to understand. We do live in a fallen world and there's adversity in this world. But here's what the Lord tells us, even in the midst of this. Um, because what I have seen is so many people distance themselves from God and say, why didn't you prevent this? Why did this happen? Um, they get mad and at him, and, and he's a big God. <laughs> he, that's the beauty, is he loves us anyway when we do that. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord. And don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When we stand in his love, it keeps us free. When we say, God, I don't understand this, but I give it to you. Direct my steps. Show me what I need to do in this situation. Then we're free to walk with him and talk with him. And here's what I've discovered. In the adversity and hard things in my own life, um, God was right there with me in the middle of it. He was right there when my late husband, you know, was diagnosed with a rare cancer. And he was right there with me walking those halls of MD Anderson, watching really my life unravel. He was right there with me in the days after I was widowed. He was right in the middle of helping me through the hardest times in my life. And one of my favorite scriptures that um, you've heard me use before, if you've been listening to this podcast, is Jeremiah 31.3. And to step in to that love. 31.3 says of Jeremiah, For I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness I have drawn you. And so I give you that today and that scripture to stand in his love because we could have our co-worker you know not like something we do or our boss yell at us ignore us um, we can have all these things fight with our husband um, you know conflict with a neighbor you name it and those things can make us feel less than but it's in times like that that we have to step back in and say you know what this may have happened in my life, but it doesn't define me. I am loved. I'm chosen by God. And it tells us in Psalm 147, 11, the Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope 
in his unfailing love. You know, it tells us in Isaiah 54.10, his love is unshakable. It says, though the mountains and hills be shaken or removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So it's kind of like our security blanket. And many times we can struggle in life with um, understanding the Father's love because maybe we haven't had a good experience with our with our earthly father. Or maybe, you know, when you adversity happened or you misbehaved or something, your dad withdrew his love and affection from you. And, um, and that made you not feel loved. And so many times our our perception of who God is, is based on, is based on um, the relationship we had with our earthly father. Maybe your dad wasn't around. Maybe your parents divorced. Maybe your dad was in jail. Maybe um, your dad died when you were young. All of these things can affect our viewpoint. And I think it's in that place that we just go and say, Lord, I need you to love me in this area. But one of the benefits of standing in God's love is first John four ten, and it says and we know and rely on the love God has for us rely on his love that's just what his his words telling us people are in and out of our lives they can let us down you know we can we can have like I said so many things but standing in his love brings freedom I also have a podcast, um, several podcasts on the love of God. So you might want to check some of those out. Um, number three in your note taking. Another thing um, that helps us walk free is forgiveness. Forgiveness and letting go of past offenses. We're, like I said, forgiveness is essential in life. And it's one of those things we need really to use every day. And forgiveness is the power to heal the wounds of the past it cannot change and unforgiveness how that can keep us tied down can keep us from being free unforgiveness is you know it's playing that video over in your head and the lord and what happens is when we are re um replaying the offense whatever it is the betrayal um, somebody did something that they shouldn't have done to us when we keep replaying that video <clears throat> it keeps our heart in turmoil and it keeps us from being at peace and it keeps us from being settled and it robs us of freedom in our heart and so letting go <clears throat> is a huge key I think for me um, to a free life because when we don't forgive it puts us in prison forgiveness unlocks the door and lets us out so you're holding and I'm holding the key to begin the process of living a free life when we choose to forgive and it doesn't mean mean that we cancel or pardon the debt it just means we stop feeling angry or resentful of someone for an offense and forgiveness puts us back in control so again that can be little things 
are huge things. But forgiveness is something I think we need to examine our hearts each day. And one of the things I try to really practice, and I say practice um, because I think we're all practicing things and growing in our relationship with the Lord, but keep short accounts and choose to forgive. Um, you know, for years I used to say, well, I'll forgive when I feel like it. And when I learned that I didn't have to feel like it, and I said that because I didn't want to be fake. I was just being honest. Well, when I feel like it and really want to forgive, then I will. And what happened is it never happened. (laughs) And I carried that stuff around for so, so long. But, you know, forgiveness is so essential because we deal with broken people every day in our lives. And, you know, our, our mate... Your spouse can hurt our feelings. A leader can betray us. A spouse can betray us. Your mom upsets you and is critical. And the list goes on. You know, your sister or your brother doesn't do something they're supposed supposed to. Your coworker drops the ball and, you know, you have to pick it up. There can be all sorts of big and little things. But choosing to forgive. And for me, what that looks like is there have been times I've had to say, Lord, your word tells me I need to forgive. And I don't really feel like it, but I come to you with that. And I choose to forgive as an act of my will. So change my heart and change my feelings. And I think that simple obedience puts us back in control. And God meets us right there in that broken place and says, okay, all right. I've heard the cry of your heart, and I'm here to help you. So, you know, it says that Jesus came in Luke 177. He came to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus came to forgive you and me. For you and me, it's bringing our offenses. It's bringing our heart to the Lord and saying, I've been walking in unforgiveness. I realize I got mad. And I need to forgive my spouse, my coworker, my whomever. And it tells us in Matthew 6, 15, if you do not forgive others their sins, the Father will not forgive you. And so that's why it's essential. You and I need forgiveness of our own sins. And so we've got to be willing to extend that to others. It tells us in Mark eleven twenty five. this again shows us how God wants us free. But we've got to partner with him and do our part. It says in Matthew, oh, I'm sorry, Mark 11:25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins. Wow. And so, you know, again, we can bring that offense to the Lord and say, God, I want to obey you. Your word tells me this. I need forgiveness of all my failures. I need to be willing to forgive this person for their failure or for blaming me or whatever. And Lord, I choose to forgive as an act of obedience. Now change my heart. So that's to me just a picture of what it looks like. Forgiveness keeps you and keeps me free. The next thing is healing of our hearts. And this is number four on your note taking. Healing of our heart from the past you know hurt keeps us from living well it keeps us tied down when we have hurt in our life and we live in a society a society I think where we're taught to suck it up and be tough 
and to push through. And yeah, there are times we need to do that. And forgiveness is kind of like the surgery that happens. But the healing of the heart can take time. I think of different surgeries I've had. I had finger surgery. I've had eye surgery recently. Uh, the surgery itself was not long at all. In and out, you know, for me, both of those things were just a day a day surgery kind of deal. But the healing really took months. And so healing of our heart from things that have hurt us can take time. And Jesus was sent to bind up the brokenhearted. God made a provision for us when our heart is wounded. And he made a provision to heal it. Because we're just going to encounter people that hurt us. It says in Isaiah 61, and this is Jesus' job description. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, and release from darkness the prisoners. And Psalm 34:18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. See, Jesus sees when your heart is broken. He sees that your heart needs healing. And for me, you know, when maybe my heart is pricked by a memory or my heart is pricked by um, it's been wounded in some way by a hurt or betrayal, I think we, for me, I bring my heart to the Lord and say, Lord, this still hurts. Will you heal it for me? This is something that I want to be free and you're close to the brokenhearted. So it's okay to bring your broken heart, your shattered dreams to the Lord. And we need to face our hurt from this perspective of where it brings us wisdom and wholeness in our lives. You know, this can look like many different things. It could be ab abuse that you endured. It can be childhood trauma. It can be abandonment. And when things happen in our lives, I think it's important that we bring, we partner with God, we do our part, but we bring our heart to the Lord. So today I want to encourage you to bring your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to heal this. Even put your hand on your heart right now. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I ask you to heal this area of my life. Because what happens when we don't is we can be held captive by sin, by hurt, by loss, by disappointment. Okay, so moving on. Number five, releasing fear. That is when re we release fear in our lives. When we call fear what it is in our life, and I do have a podcast, Freedom from Fear. Uh, it's a big part of my testimony. I'm just going to touch lightly on this right now um, for time's sake. But fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. It's likely to cause pain or a threat. I'm going to say that again. Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause 
pain or a threat. It's the feeling of anxiety about the outcome of something or the safety or well-being of yourself or maybe somebody you love. And I love, love, love that God knew that we are going to face some scary things on this earth and we're going to have to overcome. Maybe something's happened to us and it's caused us to be fearful in our lives. But the Bible has a lot to say about fear. In fact, 365 times it says in the Bible, fear not or do not fear. And that's, you know, that's that's enough for every every day of the year. And then some, we have, God tells us it's not in his heart for us as his kids to walk in fear. Because when we walk in fear, it robs us from the peace that God intended for us. And fear is tormenting. Fear is a thief and a robber of our peace and our joy and our tranquility. And I can tell you, it held me captive for a number of years of my own life. I grew up in a uh, fear-based home and I didn't realize it. My parents were good people. They were Christians. I'm so grateful for who they are and what they did in my life. But my my mom especially um, was really held captive by a lot of fears. And, you know, when you grow up in something, you think it's normal. And it wasn't until I was, um, you know, goodness, about 30 years ago in my life that the Lord began to pinpoint different fears and slowly walk me out of them one by one. And, you know, when I was 10 years old, I remember having just a huge fear of dying. And I'm not sure where that came from, but it was, I was afraid to go to sleep at night. Afraid I wouldn't wake up. Um, and I had to even admit, as a woman in my mid-30s, um, you know, I, and, and I dealt, let me just say, I got prayer even as a young child. And the Lord set me free of a fear of dying you know, when I was 10 years old, but there were other fears that held me captive in my life. I had a fear of failure. Um, I had a fear of the dark. I had a fear of rejection. I look back at my life and there's so many things I didn't try because I was afraid I would fail. Um, so many things I didn't do. I was afraid of rejection, um, a fear of germs. Thank God that he began to set me free of that. Um, before COVID hit, because I think I would have been a basket case, but I grew up in a in a fear-based home. My mother was always sanitizing everything and our our hands, and I had a huge fear of of germs. And um, I wasn't a sick child by any means, but it was just the way I grew up. I had a fear of looking stupid, or a fear of what others thought. A fear of man is what that's caused. Um, a fear of making mistakes and a fear of the unknown. And, you know, the, the list, the Lord one by one began to walk me free of those. And again, I do have a podcast on that. It's called Freedom from Fear. And you, if you struggle with fears, I'd encourage you to go back and find that podcast. You can find other podcasts when you go to the three dots on your um, podcast app and then you should see something that says go to all episodes or go to podcast and you can scroll through there and find freedom from fear and one day this was real important in my life one day I heard the words fear is doubt and unbelief 
and doubt and unbelief is not trusting God, and that is sin. And man, when I heard it put in those terms, that when I coddled my fears, when I justified them, that it was really my heart choosing to not trust God, and it was sin, I began to repent when one fear, when I realized I had fear of something. And I knew at that moment when I heard that statement that I could no longer justify my fears, that I had to deal with them because my heart was not, my heart is not to sin. I do sin, but that's not in my heart to do. I do make mistakes now and it's okay. I know I'm still loved. I know God's with me. I know he's for me. And it says in First Timothy, Second Timothy 1, 7, here's what the Bible has to say about fear. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we can determine two things from that, that when we realize we have a fear or we're walking in fear, it's not from God. It's a spirit. And it can hold us captive. And it's at that point we can come and say, Lord, I have a fear of this. And I realize I'm not trusting you. So please forgive me of my sin and help me to walk free. And then I love Isaiah 41.10. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. He tells us, do not fear. I'm right here with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God, personal God, relationship with him. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He loves you and he loves me so much. And it's not in his heart for us to be held captive by fear. So what do you do when you realize you have fear or anxiety? I think, number one, calling it what it is, it's sin. Realizing it's not your friend and it's not from God. And those two principles begin to help set me free. And realizing God, the God who loved me dearly was always with me, was free, and I could practice more peace in my life. So here's the challenge. You can either walk in fear or trust God, but you can't do both at the same time. One of them has to go, and you get to choose. I'm going to say that again. You can either walk in fear or trust God, but you can't do both at the same time. One of them has to go, and you and I get to choose. So whenever fear shows up, I think another thing, um, you know, is realizing and calling it what it is in our lives. But I love... What 1 John 4, 18 tells us, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. Those who fear are not perfect in love. And so... You know, if there's a fear I see and I recognize it and I've repented of it, I've 
you know, Lord, I recognize this. I know your heart for me is not fear. I know that, you know, I haven't been trusting you. But I can also, there are many times I've put my hand on my heart and just said, Lord, I need you to love me in this area so that your perfect love can drive out the fear that I'm experiencing. And there's just such a peace. I'm so grateful for my friend that taught me that, Teresa. Um, Number five, um, I'm sorry, six is saying no to negativity. This is another thing. Saying no to negativity can help keep us free. And that means no to the negative emotions about yourself. Maybe you struggle with feelings of inferiority. Uh, Maybe it's saying no to negative people in your life, people that don't build you up, people that, that pull you down, or negative words. Negativity can keep us in prison. And I think there are times we we just have to make that choice to either set a boundary around ourselves or set a boundary with other people. And if I focus on the negative words um, or negativity, you know, or if my words are critical or condemning or my behaviors, you know, or, or somebody else's words are critical and condemning. Um, it's, it's evicting that negative self-talk or the negativity that's around us. You know, it may be words like, um, you'll always lose. Um, your life will always be hard. Um, why do it? You're going to fail. You know, it's that negative chatter that sometimes can go on in our heads or with some of the people around us. And, I think we have to evict those negative things. We have to, we, we, we wrestle sometimes with those emotions. I know when my late husband died, um, I dealt with negative emotions. I was actually depressed for a while. I was, I was exhausted from caregiving, but I felt like my life was over. And, you know, there were, there were even some people um, in my life, I felt like my life was over and I had to, even though cognitively I knew that wasn't true, I still had a lot to live for. I was young and I knew God was with me. I had to wrestle with those emotions, but I had to say no and remind myself that God loved me. He was with me. He could heal my broken heart from that tragedy and that's what I mean by evicting the negative, the negative chatter. Um, sometimes we might be around people that are very anxious um, and can make us anxious. What happens is sometimes when you're around people and that just anxiety that they're carrying, you know, there's been different times in my life that I've had to distance myself from certain people because it just doesn't bring peace to me. I had a friend that was always, years ago, we'd take our kids to the park to play, and she was always talking about her husband. She was always talking about about things he did um, wrong, and, you know, and then it was causing me to be critical of my husband. And I would go my way from, you know, our kids playing at the park and all this negative chatter would begin to go on in my, my head. And I finally had to just distance myself from her. 
you know, find another reason not to be with her because the negativity was affecting my life. You know, it says in John 10, 10, the thief has come only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. That's God's heart for you and for me. And, you know, there's too many times I think I have surrendered to negative emotions, negative chatter in my head. And I think I've, I'm learning more and more. I will not surrender my identity to negative emotions. Um, I worked with somebody even recently, um, just overcoming the guilt and the shame and the condemnation in their life. And those kinds of things, it's not in God's heart for you to carry those things around. No self-worth. Um, it's not in God's heart for you to carry that around. And 2 Corinthians tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So don't take your negativity from today into tomorrow. And as we discover this, then we walk in more freedom. So evict negativity every time it strikes. Satan is our enemy. He tries to hold us captive to his lies. He tries to help. He's the instigator. Now, he might use a spouse, a co-worker, a friend, or somebody to try to rob us, but he's the instigator. And we, we need to lay those offenses down uh, because it's really Satan that's our enemy, not the people. And so I know recognizing that helps me walk in more freedom. And so I challenge you to ask yourself, is the thought I'm having about myself the same as the one God is having about me? Is the thought that you're having about yourself in your life the same as the one God is having about you? So we need to bring our thoughts into alignment with Him. And ask God, what do you have to say about this situation? What do you, Lord, have to say to me? Because he's a God that wants relationship with us all day long. And, you know, we have to look. I know when I was thinking of starting the gathering um, in Kerrville and in Uvalde, when I started, was thinking about it and praying about it. And I prayed about it for years before I actually did it. But I had to wrestle with some negative chatter. Like, well, what if, what if nobody shows up? What if nobody wants to come? What if I spend time doing this and it's not I'm not good at it I had to evict that negative chatter to pursue the things that I really felt in my heart God was calling me to do so I'm just being honest with you I think all of us struggle with some negative chatter and we have to say no to negative thoughts negative people and things in our life to be all that God has called us to be so just say no all right, number seven is seeing our life and situations from God's perspective. We need to see our lives from His perspective. And one of my favorite questions to ask God is, Lord, how do you see this? How do you see this situation in my life? Give me your viewpoint because I know it's going to be better than mine. <laughs> and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It tells us that in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. That's why we need to go to him it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts 
neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So taking our situation to the Lord and saying, Lord, show me how you see this, will bring more freedom to our lives. And I know there was a, a time in my life when someone had hurt me, had been unkind, accusatory towards me, and I was mad and I was hurt. But I took it to the Lord, and the next morning, it took me a little while, and I said, Lord, show me this from your perspective. Show me how you see this person and how you see this situation. And I'll tell you, God's perspective was much different than mine. And one of the things God showed me is this person's hurting. They haven't been healed. They're afraid. And, you know, we're trying to control some situations in my life. And when I got God's perspective, it gave me a compassion and helped me to see things different. And so seeing our life, seeing ourselves from God's perspective can change us. So take whatever your situation to, is to the Lord and say, give me your perspective. Um, you know, we love God because he loves us and he wants us to abide in him and turn our focus to him. And I think sometimes it's reminding ourselves the world is crazy, but God loves me just the way I am and he loves me enough to help me and change my situation. And when we rest in his love and we just do what we're called to do in obedience to him. And I've given you some things that I practice, I still need to practice in my own life. It brings more freedom to us. And so do the next right thing to bring, pre to bring peace and freedom into your life. Ask God how he sees your situation. As I wrap things up today, I just I just want to say a prayer and I want you to pray this with me. But I want you to voice this. You to voice this to the Lord if you want to. It's just a step that will help you walk in more freedom. Say, God, I come to you And I ask you for a fresh understanding of your love for me. I just see a picture of the Lord right now just pouring his love over you and over your heart and over your situation and over your life. And I just hear him saying how much he loves you and loves me. Let's pray this with me. Say, God, help me to forgive. God, where others have hurt me, heal my heart. God, I choose to let go of fear. I 
I choose to say no to negative thoughts, things, and people. Help me to see my life from your perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, thank you for these precious people that have come to hear your word. Thank you for each one listening by podcast. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God that's with us, that loves us, that wants his kids to walk in freedom. And so, Lord, help us to do these, these things, these six things in our everyday life. Lord, heal us from hurt. Help us to obey your word. And Lord, I ask that you bring more freedom to the body of Christ. Lord, because free people set other people free. And you've called each one of us to be your ambassadors. To show the world around us how to, to be loved, how to forgive, how to let go of fear. And so help us, Lord, in our daily walk to say no to the negative chatter and thoughts. And help us to see our life from your perspective. Because your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So bless my friends. Bless the body of Christ that's listening to this around the world. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and that you're with us and love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining me today. And um, I just appreciate each one of you. I appreciate those that that come to the gathering. And I just love seeing God touch your life and change you. I love watching you grow. I love even how I'm growing as I just prepare more and more. So thanks for being on this journey with me. Hey, check out my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com and uh, the podcast, uh, Kathleen Maxwell Ramby. It's on Apple. It's on uh, Amazon. It's on Podbean. So all of these things, check it out. And if you want to support this, this podcast or this ministry, you can check out my website. And the Lord just richly bless each and every one of you. See you next week.